anybody free here this afternoon? Anybody know the Lord was on your side? After everything you've been through, you still got a song? Still got a reason to praise him? Amen. Amen. Sounds like somebody's free in here tonight. Amen. We'll give him another praise if you're free. Who the Son has set free is not free temporarily, but is free indeed. You're free to believe, free to worship God, free to believe the message, free to go in a rapture. It's a perfect loosening here this evening. We've been set free by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. God richly bless you this evening. Amen. I believe he's here tonight, don't you? Amen. I don't just believe he's here. I know he's here. Because we're two or three are gathered together. He said there, I'll come and be in their midst. And there's more than two or three here tonight. There's a house full of believers here this evening. And I know all things are possible tonight to them that believe. And you know, the glorious thing about it is you may not feel free right now. And in reality, you may not even be free right now. But there's a promise by the end of this service, you can be set free. As a matter of fact, you're already free right now. Somebody asked Brother Branham one time, said, Brother Branham, lay your hands on me and set me free. He said, I can't do that because you're already free. He said, the only thing I can do is join my faith with you and release a revelation that you'll receive what Christ done for you 2,000 years ago. If you're sick tonight, you're already healed. If you're bound tonight, you're already delivered. Christ done it 2,000 years ago. Then the victory tonight is accepting what he's already done for you. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together for a word of prayer. And let's just invite him to come now. And you just invite him to your pew to speak to you personally tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is an honor and a privilege to be gathered in your house once again. Lord, we're not gathered here tonight for just another service, Lord. We've not gathered here for just another gathering or just to fulfill a religious duty. But Lord, we're here tonight because there is a deep calling to the deep. And Lord, your word said at the noise of thy water spouts, Lord, you would cause there to come an answer. Now tonight, Father, there's many here before me tonight, Lord, and we've just come out of the youth camp there, and Father, I know there was many needs met, but Lord, we stand here tonight as a needy people, Father. Lord, and I'm asking you to come by this way once more tonight, dear God. Father, as we feel your presence moving throughout the building, Lord, we're asking you to come now in the preaching of your word. Father, may you take preeminence of both speaker and hearer. Lord, may you drive out every unbelieving spirit, every demon that would try to hinder this meeting in any way, O oh God. Father, may the angels that have, Lord, as your prophet taught us, that would lead us to the place you would have us to even sit. Father, may those angels now come in the spiritual warfare and push back against every tiredness and push back against every weariness, Father, that your children could come forth in victory tonight. Father, there's many needs, Lord, many sicknesses throughout the land. But tonight, God, we're resting in the promise that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the sickness that would be trying to destroy us or one of your believers. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, for our sister Jane there at home, dear God, in our assembly. Father, you see what she's battling in her body tonight. I pray, Lord, you would reach down and touch her, Lord. Father, for Brother Ron Spencer, Lord, all the, all the miracles you brought him through. Father, we're standing tonight shoulder to shoulder, Lord, and we're putting our flag upon that promise of healing as it were Lord and we're believing for a full miracle for our brother Lord all the all those suffering with cancer we're believing for miracles tonight God Lord elevate our faith tonight to believe in the impossible Lord we just ask you to move among us in a special way we commit ourselves to your service tonight in the lovely name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray and all the believers says amen, amen. 
Amen. God richly bless you this evening. If you have your Bibles while you're standing with us, we'll invite you this afternoon to the book of John. We want to look at John, the sixth chapter, and we want to greet you this evening in the name of the Lord. We sure count it an honor and a privilege to be here with you all uh, once again and just coming out of the youth camp there in Oklahoma and had another a wonderful time together in the presence of the Lord and uh, Brother Andrew Spencer, myself ministering there, and the Lord sure used Brother Andrew in a special way and uh, to minister to many needs. And we just thank the Lord for the bride's revival. Amen. 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 We sure appreciate Brother Tim and his confidence to stand here tonight and to minister to you. And uh, Brother Timothy in the church here and all the ministers, we say God bless them and want to greet you for Brother Sean Martin in the church at home. Brother Sean said to be sure and tell everybody hello for him. So we want to do that this evening. And uh, glad to have my wife here with me this evening. And uh, we're, uh, as I've, most of you probably heard, but she's expecting our first baby. We'll be doing August. So we're very uh, excited about that and looking forward to that. So. Amen. Lord willing, there'll be uh, three glovers next time. Amen. So, amen. God bless you this evening. The book of John, the sixth chapter. I want to look in the 66th verse. I know it's a very familiar reading to you in John 6 and verse 66. The Bible here says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, I don't find myself in that category. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? But then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. And I, I love the next words here. And we believe and are sure. There was no guessing. There was no possibility. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot of the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Amen. We ask the Lord this evening to add the blessing to the reading of his word as you can be seated here this afternoon. Uh, from those passages of scripture, I'd like to, by the help of the Lord, to minister to you tonight for just a few moments here. If I would title this thought tonight, I want to speak to you on, we are hailed by a true experience. We are hailed by true experience. How many believers do we have here tonight? They're real Christians, real Holy Ghost filled believers. We are hailed by true experience. And I know that you know these uh, thoughts very well, but the prophet of God tells us that there's actually uh, two types of Christianity. He says one is an intellectual or a mental conception. He said, but the other is an experimental experience. Now, both, uh, exp both uh, types of Christianity will only hold a certain class of people. And I don't believe tonight that we are intellectual or mental Christians. I believe we are the ones that are experimental, experienced Christians. When we sing, we know what we're singing about. When we pray, we know who we're praying to. When we preach, we know what we're preaching about. We know who we are tonight by the word. Now, we find just laying a foundation that an experimental experience uh, actually comes by having an experience with the person of the word, not just holding the Bible or being around the message, but actually having contact with the person of the word. In the book of John, the first chapter, after the first verse, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God 
and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, if you skip down to the 14th verse, it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Amen. Full of grace and truth. Now the prophet of God says it this way. He says, the true word comes to the true prophet. How many will agree we're following a true prophet who brought the true word? The true word comes to the true prophet and he tells you the true word and you follow that true word and you get a true experience of the word. If you follow the true word, you're going to get a true experience of the word because the word is made flesh in you and you become God's son and the word of God is revolving right out of you because you are of his nature. His spirit is in you and the works of God you will do. Let me, let me read that again. If you follow that true word, then you will get a true experience of the word because the word will be made flesh in you. You will become God's son and the word of God is revolving right out of you, of God into you because you are of his nature. His spirit is in you and you'll do the works of God. I don't believe that's just limited to a preacher. I don't believe that's just limited, amen, to the prophet, but I believe every true believer who is following the true word, amen, has a right to receive a true experience of that true word. Now, you know as well as I know that we're not following any kind of message, amen, but we're following a restoration message, which means, amen, that God has restored all the loose ends to the church. Whatever has been lost, amen, through denominationalism, through organizations, through the dark ages, whatever was lost to the church has now been restored to the church. And I'll say it like this, amen, I believe the message restored the true doctrine to the church. I believe it restored how we should baptize and how we should conduct services and how we should dress and amen of the truth of predestination I believe the word amen has restored all those doctrines to the church but at the same time amen I believe the word has restored a true experience to the church amen I know many people when you start talking about experience the first quote they go to is where the prophet of God said away with experience and I'll, I'll agree he said that amen but he said away with experience as the plumb line of the church and back to the word amen but if you're following the word, then you're going to have an experience with the word and the word experience is what's going to keep you. Amen. You realize that there's nobody in the Bible that overcame, but what had an experience. Apostle Paul, the prophet said he knew he had an experience. He said, here is another good lesson for us that experience alone isn't enough. It's got to be experienced according to the word of the Lord. So you see him this knowing that it was a great something. Then somebody else had received it before him. He took three years and six months down in the desert in Arabia, taking the Bible as it was then the old testament he said and going down there to compare this experience that he had to see if it was scriptural so paul was not just looking for any kind of experience he was looking for a word experience but he was wanting something that matched the bible he said what if he said well i guess that was just a little blow over and went on i'm going to follow my intellect now he had to become a prisoner to something he become a prisoner so after comparing it and seeing no wonder he could write the book of hebrews in a type three years and half down there laying in the word and finding out the very God that called him was talking him back. Amen. Think about this. The very God that called him was taking him back and was changing all of his intellects, changing all that he ever thought, all that he had trained to be, all of his ambitions just wiped it away from him and he became a prisoner. The love of God had been so tremendous and such a revelation that he could not get away from it. Now there is a true experience. Amen. Is when something comes into your life. Amen. That no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what situation arises, amen, it will never get away from
from you. Amen. Amen. You may get away from it, but it'll never get away from you. He said, that's the true experience of a real believer who meets God. You come in contact with something that's so great that you become a prisoner to everything else. You get away from everything to imprison yourself to this. Now, amen. I know that we're living in a day and time when there's such a falling away. The prophet of God would say it this way. We find today that there's such a falling away. It seems to be that people are not interested like they used to be. He said, they're falling away from the fundamental facts of the Bible. He said, they seem to be drifting. Isn't it a sad thing that we're living in a day and time when we're this close to the rapture? Amen. And people are throwing in the towel and giving up. Isn't it a sad time when we're this close to, amen, to the future home and the millennium of the church? Amen. That people are growing weary and they're walking away. And there's a question that always comes up when you hear that somebody has left is why did they leave? How could they do that? Amen. Can I give you the answer? It's because they never had a true word experience. Amen. Amen. If you get a true word experience in a believer, amen, the Red Sea can't take it out of them. Amen. The lion's den can't take it out of them. Amen. Amen. The walls of Jericho can't take it out of them. Listen, friends, we are not here. Amen. It's just a bunch of worked up emotional people. Amen. We are here as real believers who have who have met God on the sacred sands. We, we have met more than a picture. We have met more than a, amen, a youth camp experience. We have met the person of the word and he has quickened something in our hearts. Amen. I'll say it like this. You can live in church. Amen. And there's many people living in church today that still don't have an experience. The prophet said such a pity today to see men and women who have lived in church and been brought up in this cradle. Amen. And knows the Bible well but has never experienced. Amen. Or witnessed and experienced with God. What we need is to get back to real heartfelt experience. Amen. To know who you've got faith in. Amen. Not in some writing but the true and living God. Amen. Who lives now? Amen. Then let me ask you. Amen. Where did your experience place your faith? Did your experience place your faith in the pastor? Did your experience place your faith in the church? Did your experience place your faith in a prophet alone? Amen. If it's a real word experience, amen, it will place your faith back in the word. And the word says heaven and earth will pass away. Amen. But my word shall never pass away. Well, we might as well go ahead and tell the devil there are some believers on the earth tonight. Amen. Who can no more die than God can die. Amen. Because they receive more than a feeling. They have received more than an emotion. They have received more than a religious education. They have received a witness on the inside of their souls by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Therefore, tonight, we're not following a bunch of intellectuals. We are following a Bible experience. Amen. Can I, can I lay a few quotes here to lay a foundation? He said, what we need today is a good old time St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back in the church again. Amen. There's so much of this wishy-washy carrying on in the name of Christianity taken away. He said, here it is, as crippled as the church is, education's not your crutch. Your faith is your crutch. That's right. Education will never do it. Denomination will never do it. There'll never be an organization ever substitute. Amen. The upper room experience. Amen. There'll never be a school. Take the place of Pentecost. It cannot be not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's what we need today is back to the Bible experience. Amen. Christians that are born again, that are washed in the blood of God, made white, regenerated twice. What the world needs today is a revival, an old time revival, the kind that St. Paul had in about AD 66. Amen. Then we 
don't need a, a revival of emotion. We don't need a revival of sensation. We need a word revival. Now, amen, I'm this close to the devil, so I might as well cut his head off. Amen, when people hear you say that, they say, well, then let's have a revival without emotion. Amen, but how can God come in the midst of a bunch of people that has been born again by the blood, that has been filled by the power of God, and there not be some kind of reaction to an action? Listen, friends, I hope you'll understand. When you see somebody that's really had a word experience, when the songs begin to be sung and they begin to stand up and express themselves, they're not doing that because it's an emotion. They're doing that because the person who they're singing about, they have met. Amen. The person, when, when the word is being preached and something moves over, to stand up and say amen. They're not doing that to get attention. They're not doing that to be emotional. They're doing that. Amen. Because there's something inside of them. Amen. That is connected with the word they're hearing. What are you saying? I'm saying like this. The prophet said, amen, that there were mysteries that were laying in this Bible that were being to reveal, but they have been hid since before the foundation of the world. Then do you realize what was on the inside of you? There was a gene seed of God laying there from before the foundation of the world. Listen, friends, if anybody's got a righteous child, it's the bride of Jesus Christ. You say, why have we got a right to shout? I'll tell you why. Amen. Because the mysteries that have been hid since before the foundation of the world, amen, have found a soul that was predestinated from before the foundation of the world to believe what has been hid from before the foundation of the world. Listen, friends, may I say it like this? You are the place that eternity has met again. Amen. The eternal word has met an eternal seed, and there ain't no stopping it now. There ain't no turning around now. There ain't no giving up now. Now. There ain't no backing off the message now. Come on, we're not come here. Amen. To come up against some little devil and back up. We are not a bunch of denominational Christians. We are perseverance. Amen. Pursuing Christians. We have got a goal. And the grave is not our goal. The sky is our goal. Amen. Hell is not our destination. Eternity is our destination. Then we are not persevering by a feeling. We're not persevering by service. We're persevering by a true word, by a true prophet in the age we're living in. Listen friends, it's time to take inventory of your experience. Now, I'm just going to lay some word here for a second. Amen. Because if your experience only holds from one youth camp to another, amen, something's going to take you out. If your experience only holds as long as the pastor's in town, something's going to take you out. But if your experience goes beyond the surface of the flesh and goes beyond the surface of the spirit and that experience is in your soul, amen, you might as well tell hell to get used to me until I'm translated because I'm going to be here. I'm not backing up. I'm not turning around. I'm not going nowhere. There is a connection that has come from an unseen dimension into the depths of my soul. It's the invisible union of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. Listen friends, we can't turn around. We can't back up now. It's our season to persevere. It's our hour to pursue. It's our hour to overcome. It's our age to believe in. We're not following any kind of word. We are following a true word has produced a true experience. He said, oh, what we need today, amen, in this country when gross darkness, thank you, this country when gross darkness is covering the world, he said, why is that happening? Because they have rejected the gospel. He said, each one of us should take inventory of our own experience and our own standings with God and see how we stand in his sight. Paul says it this way, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul would say in Colossians 1.21, and you that were 
sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now somebody shout now yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight Paul would say in Hebrews 13 21 that he would make you perfect in every good work amen to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen I love this one whatsoever we ask we receive of him First John 3 22 whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight amen now I'm just going to have to preach a little bit if that's okay amen the Bible says you got to have an experience now there's, there's an all out attack against people who actually believe in a Holy Ghost experience but the Bible says amen the reason why they're seeing the things they're seeing is because they're doing the things God requires to be done if you're killing the move of God and killing the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost amen don't get mad at somebody that give the Holy Ghost the right away amen because this is the season for the Holy Ghost to come in the church listen we've had enough men performers on the pulpit we've had enough preachers personalities it's time to let the Holy Ghost come in the church and the Holy Ghost said if you'll preach the word he'll follow the word and if you follow the true word you'll get a true experience come on friends we're not worked up we're following a true word that is releasing a true experience upon us I love that word experience it means a practical contact or observation with facts or events it is an event or an occurrence amen that leaves an impression on someone it is an encounter or to undergo an event in other words an experience happens when contact is made without contact there'll be no experience without contact there'll be no change without contact there'll be nothing put inside of you amen it'll cause you to hold out but if contact is made amen then experience will take place what happens is an experience leaves an impression have you ever seen something and you said I'll never forget that have you ever been somewhere and seen something and you said I'll never forget that do you know why you said that is because there was something there that impressed you you underwent a feeling or something that impressed you to cause you to never forget that and the prophet said it this way he said tonight we're going to read some of God's word and be ready for this event of his presence again amen to bring us his word see then the presence of God amen brings a change when you've got the true word of God amen is this okay he said if a man is sent of God he'll stay with the word because God can only be sent by his word he must stay by his word then when we come into his presence when a man once comes in the presence of God he is changed forever if there's any change into him when a man once comes in the presence of God he's changed forever if there's any change into him want to go to the Bible let's go there was a man named Moses who came in the presence of God and he went from being a runaway prophet to being the mighty deliverer of the seed of God there was a man named Jacob who was running from his father amen but he met an angel and he underwent an encounter with the angel and something happened to him amen that when he got up he didn't walk the same he didn't talk the same now there are those who could walk in the presence of God and pay no attention it's because they're not ordained to life but if he was predestinated of God as soon as it first hits he knows it then it catches fire listen young people what God has done for you has not come from an emotion it has not come from a sensation it has not come from some man's idea what God has done for you has come from his word and there's a fire inside of you I'm on church I know the Bible says there's an unquenchable fire in hell amen but let's not leave that on the negative side amen let's bring it to the positive
positive. If there's an unquenchable fire in hell, then there's an unquenchable fire in this church. And it's not coming from a man. It's not coming from a system. It's coming from the word. Listen, I'll tell you what. If you'll preach this message, the Holy Ghost will come down and he'll set somebody on fire and people will show up just to watch the church burn. I say what we need is to let the Holy Ghost, amen, set our preachers on fire. Let the Holy Ghost set our singers on fire. Let the Holy Ghost set our musicians on fire. Let the Holy Ghost set the church on fire. It's been a long time, amen, since some of you have felt any fire. Amen, but let me just tell you, the fire hadn't gone out. It's still burning as hot as it ever did. What happened was you got a little bit cold and let the devil put your fire. But there's some believers here tonight who has been lit by an unquenchable fire. It's the pillar of fire, and it'll take them through every trouble. It'll take them through every danger, through many dangerous calls and snares. We have already come by the grace of God. Are you hearing me tonight? I don't know where the glasses went, but that's okay. Are you hearing me tonight? It's an unquenchable fire. Amen. Your feelings can't put it out. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. An unquenchable fire. You can bring it in a cold service when there's all kinds of pressures and all kinds of weird feelings. And just let the Holy Ghost get to pulsating. And before long, somebody will break out and say amen. And somebody else will raise their hand. And somebody else will begin to worship. What is it? It's an unquenchable fire. And it's come from a true word experience that has released you to worship God regardless of the condition. When you have had a true experience, you will live a different life. The prophet of God said, you say, well, this changed me, Brother Brother Branham. He said, look, when he comes in his presence, we're changed never to be the same again. You look all down through the ages and you'll see when a man come in the presence of God, he was changed forever. Look at Abraham. He was changed forever. Well, Brother Branham, this is just for the ministers. Oh, no, the changed life is for everybody. I'm going to help me preach tonight. The changed life is for everybody. The changed life is not just for the preacher. The changed life is not just for the pastor. The changed life is for everybody. Amen. Everybody under the sound of this message can live a changed life. Then what is the power? Amen. To bring a change. The prophet said when a man comes in contact with God, his maker, it changes the whole attitude. It changes his mental. It changes his habit. It changes his body. It changes his nature. It changes changes everything then when the word changes that man it releases something in him what I will call an enduring experience the Bible says in Hebrews 11 amen that by faith he which was Moses amen forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible you know what that word endured means it means to be steadfast so whatever happened to Moses in the presence of God whatever happened to Abraham in the presence of God whatever happened amen to, to, to Paul in the presence of God it released a stability it released a steadfastness now I know there's people say well people are in the spirit and there's never no change why do we always look at the negative amen I know there's been people that shouted that really wasn't changed I know there's been people that's danced that really wasn't changed but what about the ones that were changed what about the ones that did get something what about the ones that did break through amen to more than just a youth camp to more than just a Wednesday night service I'll tell you where they are they're still standing they're not standing 
standing by their power. They're not standing by their mind. They're standing by the true word. Amen. See, Abraham received an enduring experience which caused him to rest upon the promise for 25 years. He said how little it was for Abraham that after he endured as seeing him who was invisible, how after he met God and had an experience of talking face to face with God, that he could call those things which was not as though they were. And he could call those things which were as though they're not. He said, for he had talked to God face to face. That's what we need is a personal experience with a living God. Well, Brother Andrew, is that possible? Amen. It's very possible because what happens is when the personal experience comes in the church, it burns out all the dullness. You see, sometimes you can get dull of hearing. You can get dull of seeing. You can get dull of believing. The Bible said that the people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed. But at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So a true experience produces a conversion. Where does this conversion come from? Amen. It can be a same old man living in the same old house wearing the same old clothes looking the same old way but if something has come on the inside of him he can be in the same flesh wearing the same clothes but he can be changed forever in the presence of God. Oh God. Listen friends I know there's people Amen. I'll tell like this a young lady told me one time she come to a youth camp I was ministering in. She come in that youth camp she had always been raised in the message always been in church but had never been able to release herself in the presence of God. She would go to church both grandfathers were pastors but she come in the service one night and I was ministering a thought amen on a change and when I was preaching about a change something struck her I never seen her do it before but she run across the front of the church like that I thought that's very odd for that young lady to be doing that she went back home and her mom and daddy didn't even know who she was her grandfather who was her pastor didn't even know who she was I said what do you mean they said there had been such a change over her they said the first service she was back she wanted to sing a special he said we never could get her to sing we wanted she wanted to testify we never could get her to testify listen friends even though you don't see the change it doesn't mean that a change is not taking place oh god friends listen we're living in the hour where changes are taking place while the word is being preached amen you may not see it but right now cancers are having to back up at the word of god you may not see it amen but demon strongholds are having to give way to the power of the word of almighty god it don't matter what condition your flesh is in if the word has preeminence amen the word brings the change and if the word brings a change in the church it'll be a true change it's got to be a change it'll be a change of heart not the physical thing but the heart of the soul it's something anchors you to your thoughts this way is dull and you don't see that no more you just see the lord you just see his righteousness and holiness and purity and love and grace that's when you've been changed what does it mean to convert it means to change something over amen and your thoughts and your habits and your being has been changed your thoughts and your habits and your being and your nature has been changed amen from a sinner to a Christian the first thing you know it in your heart then you express it with your lips and then it materializes that's what you are listen friends amen you know it in your heart so therefore something comes across your lips and you begin to bless the Lord you begin to worship his name and something begins to materialize well around that promise can I, can I preach for a minute amen what about what about our young sister 
sister who came up for prayer in the prayer line a few years ago for her brother Justin to come back to God. It was in her heart that God could do it. And she spoke it across her lips that God could do it. Amen. And it wasn't five years. It wasn't two years. It was just a few moments. And what had happened in her heart had been spoken across her lips, had materialized before your very eyes. Listen, friends, we're living in the hour where the miraculous is becoming material in the church of living God. We ain't got to back up and wait for God to materialize his promises. Elohim has come down in this generation to make good every promise he has made the church. Oh, Brother Andrew, it's not essential to believe that things can materialize. It's very essential to believe things can materialize. Amen. It's very essential to believe that the Holy Ghost can still get prodigals. It's very essential to believe that the Holy Ghost can still heal cancer. It's very essential to believe that the Holy Ghost can still erase cars. It's very essential to believe that the Holy Ghost can still change young people. It's very essential to believe amen, that the supernatural can come into a meeting and can change a life in five minutes and it'll be changed forever. It's very essential to believe that God is still God and his word is still true and his power is still here and his anointing is still among us to bless us all. It may not be essential to an intellectual Christian but it is very essential to an experimental Holy Ghost filled fire baptized tongue talking vision seeing message preaching son of God. It's the essentials. It's the essentials of the church. Come on now. Well, but then I don't, I don't know if the Holy Ghost is essential. The prophet said it's absolutely essential and necessary and compelling and compulsory that you receive the Holy Ghost. For if you don't, then you cannot come in the resurrection. Well, Brother Andrew, I, I believe the message, that's got to be enough. That's not enough to see the end time message. You must have a true experience. See, God has called us. Somebody shout God has called us to be witnesses in the age we're living. God has never been without a witness. He has always had at least one man he could put his hands on and say, that's my witness. See, somebody is going to witness for God somewhere. Oh, glory. Somebody is going to witness for God somewhere. Somebody is going to receive a real change. And they're not going to be ashamed to witness in their hospital. They're not going to be ashamed to witness in their church. They're not going to be ashamed to witness in their school somebody is going to meet God's requirement to be a witness which is an experience what does Acts 1 8 say ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be my witnesses I love this word witness it means a martyr it means a witness sense in a legal sense it is those who after his example have proved the strength and genuineness of their faith in Christ amen by undergoing a violent death see then the spiritual application of that definition is a new birth is a death a new birth is a death I hope this okay a new birth is a death that's why Jesus would say except a corn of wheat fall in the ground amen and die it abideth alone but if it what if it die it bringeth forth much fruit any birth is a mess if it's in a pig pen if it's in a barnyard if it's in a pink hospital room it'll, it'll be a mess it'll do things that you wouldn't think you would do oh but you know before you can be born you have to die and some people die awful hard 
Some people die awful hard. They kick and they bawl and they scream and carry on. But unless a corn of wheat dies and falls in the ground, it abides alone. If you want to bring forth fruit, die to yourself. Your own man may theology and be born again of the spirit and resurrection. Get rid of that old self-righteousness and dryness that's in you and take on the new life. See, that when what God requires, amen, is the sound of death. God does not require, amen, our abilities. He requires the sound of death. It's in the Bible that there were two men who went to the same temple to pray. One of them was a publican and the other one was a Pharisee. The Bible says the Pharisee come in the temple and begin to rehearse to the Lord everything he had done. I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. He said, but then the, the man left there, amen, the same way he came. But the publican came in and he got down before God and he said, I don't have anything good to bring you. I don't have any good thing to offer you. And the Bible says that man left the house of God justified and the other man left in another condition. Well, if the publican left justified, pray tell me what condition the Pharisee left in. I'll tell you what kind of condition he left in. He left in a dignified condition because his pappy is the father of all dignity. But we're not a bunch of dignified believers. We are justified believers who have been justified by the faith of Jesus Christ and the sounds of death have come out of our lives. We have died the old man and the new man has been born. He said, oh, bless God. What God wants today is you to die. Amen. Die to the things of this world and yourself and hear a scream. Lord, take me as I am. That's what God wants. He wants the sound of death. That death rattle of an old man, Adam, that's dying. Amen. He might come in and take his place and rule you and live in you. Do you realize just anybody cannot come in and be a real witness of God? You've got to be selected to be a witness. The Bible says to be a witness for the Lord, you've actually got to know something. I'm turning the corner here if that's okay. To be a witness for God, you've actually got to know something. Look at Daniel 11:32. It says, as such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. I love this, but the people that do know their God shall be weak and not be able to overcome and have to lay down to every devil and have no power over diseases. That's not what my Bible reads. My Bible says they shall be strong and do great exploits. That word know means to know by experience. Then whoever Daniel 11, 32 is talking about is not intellectual Christians. It's not mental conception Christians. It is experimental experienced Christians that know God beyond the realms of education. They know him by the power of his resurrection. Look at somebody and say, I know him. Do you know him? I know him. Do you know him? No, I'm not talking about how many scriptures you got memorized. Do you know him? I'm not talking about how many quotes you got memorized. Do you know him? To know by experience. I love this one. To be acquainted with. The prophet said when a man is really born again of the spirit of God, he becomes acquainted. A personality of God is in him and he knows he's going from the ridiculous to the sublime. Another place he says, get acquainted with God and you'll see his nature you'll see him in the sunsets you'll see him in the flowers you'll see him all around you because he is all around you that gives you perfect confidence that you're in love with him and he's in love with you he loved you he predestinated you he foreordained you before the world began and brought you here and saved you and cleansed you up and filled you with his spirit well how could you have any doubts that gives you a perfect settling faith when you know the things that gives you courage you 
know where you're standing, then let me preach to you for a minute. It's time to quit being scared in his presence. It's time to quit being fearful in his presence. It's time to quit being timid in his presence. If you know who you are and you know who he is, amen, that he has released a confidence in you, amen, to stand as a real believer with an assurance and a perfect selling faith. Listen, friends, how many need something from God tonight? How many's got a petition? How many's got a desire, a healing, whatever you need? Let me tell you what a prophet said. He said it's a spiritual revelation. Amen. It's after you become acquainted with God that you can take his word for anything. When you become acquainted with God, it does not matter the conditions. Regardless of the conditions, you can take God at his word for anything. It doesn't matter if you're on fire or if you're cold. It doesn't matter if you feel him or if you don't. When you know him by the word, Brother Derek, you can ask in his name and you'll receive in his name and there's no devil big enough, amen, to hinder the God of heaven from fulfilling the promises of his word. Come on, friends. It's time to quit backing up to the devil, amen, and saying, well, I don't know. Maybe someday. I say today is the day. Quit putting these things in the future. We're not going to need healing in the millennium. We need it right now. We're not going to need to cast out devils in the millennium. We're going to need to do it right now. Then while there's power to do it, while there's faith to operate it, let the sons and daughters of God arise and accept the challenge that the devil is put against the church by the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their soul. I'll say it like this. Satan has done everything he could to stop this from coming to pass. He does not want a people on the earth who is acquainted with the living God. He does not want a church in Menden, Louisiana who is acquainted with the living God. He does not want a ministry that is acquainted with the living God. He does not want a young person who is acquainted with the living God. But I want to tell the devil it's too late. I've already met him. It's too late. He's already told me he loved me. It's too late. He's already saved me. He's already chose me. He's already cleansed me. He's already filled me. He's already given me divine promises. He's already revealed himself to me. He's already said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. He would be with me always. He's already said if he abide in me and my word in you, then ask what you will. There is a bride on the earth tonight who is acquainted with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, friends. And we're not just acquainted with him. We're on speaking terms with him. We can talk to him and he'll talk back. We can begin to praise his name and begin to bless his name and he'll come down in the sanctuary and inhabit the praises of his people. There is a people who is going to fulfill the prophecy that the devil's tried to squash. There is a people who is going to overcome the devil of dignity. They're going to deny the devil of coldness. They're going to deny the devil of unbelief and they're going to rise in the power of the Holy Ghost and be a witness that God fulfills his word. Amen. You believe that? God fulfills his word. Can I preach to you for a second? God fulfills his word regardless of the conditions. Are you hearing me? God fulfills his word regardless of the condition. It's been something I haven't been able to get away from for a while after reading the quote. He said, the word of God will defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, any place, under any condition. He said, if it's in a lion's den, the word will defeat him there. If it's in a hospital bed, laying there with cancer, the 
the world will defeat him there. He said, you can be laying in an automobile accident. Amen. Bleeding to death. And the word of God will defeat the devil right there. Now, now come on, church. Those are some pretty tough conditions. Those are some pretty harsh conditions. You imagine laying in an automobile accident and the blood leaving your body and you still got the authority to cast out the devil. Brother Branham said that in about the year, Brother Philip, of 1958. Do you realize what happened in 1965? A prophet's words come to pass in his own life. He's laying on the highway in Texas. Amen. The blood is running out of his body. Brother Billy runs up there and says, Daddy, are you okay? He says, Daddy, amen, Sarah's back is broke. Or he says, Daddy, he says, are you okay? Brother Bram stops and says, where's Sarah? Brother Bram said like this, where's my, where's Sarah? I heard the testimony the other day. He said, Brother Billy looked around and said, she's right here. He said, lay my hand on her. He said, why, Daddy? He said, because her back is broke. There's a prophet of God in an automobile accident, the blood leaving his body, but the gift of discernment is still flowing because it's not based upon an emotion. It was not based upon an intellectual conception. It was based upon a true experience that no matter where you put this word, it'll work. Oh God, no matter where you put this word, it'll work. You can put it in a hospital, it'll work there. You can put it in the lion's den, it'll work there. You can put it, amen, you can put it in the graveyard. I'm on now, church. Amen, we buried some loved ones that are laying in the graveyard tonight. Their bodies are, but let me say this. You can put them in the deepest, darkest grave, but if the word is there, you cannot stop the word. The word will work regardless of the conditions. Come on, church. You can bury him in the deep Iceland. You can put him in the jungles of that. Come on, friends. There is our believers, amen, who were eaten by lions and were, were done away with through the waste of those animals. But some morning, between six and nine, they're going to come back together. I'll tell you why. Because the word works regardless. It doesn't matter the condition. It doesn't matter the situation. The word will overcome the devil anywhere, anytime, any place, under any condition. Well, we're not in a lion's den tonight. We're not in a hospital bed tonight. We're not in an automobile accident with the blood flowing from our body. But we are in the house of God. And we've got mighty needs among us. Let me say this right here tonight. On Wednesday night, the same word that worked for Daniel will work for Lemuel. The same word that worked for Jonah will work for Aaron. The same word that worked for Moses will work for Andrew. It is a word that works regardless of the conditions. You put the word anywhere you want to and it's going to work. Oh, come on, friends. I'm going somewhere. If you get a true word experience, you will be following a true word and the word will be made flesh. That's why the devil don't want you to become the word because wherever you are, the limits are taken off of God and the word has the ability to work. Now, now don't, don't let the devil tell you, well, I gotta be something special. Amen. I gotta be in some terrible condition. The word works right here. He said, the devil has done everything he can to stop this little church and this little flock from rising up and fulfilling the words. He said, see, the devil wants them to be powerless. He said, but I'll say this. He said there would be and there will be a people who will know their God and will be strong in the last days. See, then I'll say it like this. We are not eyewitnesses. We're not just ear witnesses. We are heart witnesses. Amen. We have come to the promise of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me just say this. Many people today have two different 
different kinds of experiences. One of those experiences is a natural experience. Can I tell you what a natural experience is? Amen. It's not enough. But the other experience is a spiritual supernatural experience and it is more than enough. Do do you realize what a church experience is? It's a natural experience. You can get an experience with the church and it will only hold you for so long. Look what Jesus said. He said, no man puts new wine into old bottles else the new wine will burst and the bottles be spilled and the bottles shall perish. Amen. The Bible says, amen, that this bride will not perish. Amen. Then that tells me there's got to come a change in order to hold what will come into you and it will not burst and perish. He said, that's the way you take the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Put in an old dry formal cowhide. It'll blow up as sure as the world. But you try to take the baptism of the Holy Ghost with an old experience of some long drawn out church experience. It'll blow up as sure as the world. Amen. But new wine, said Jesus. Amen. Oh, goes in the new bottles. And the new bottles is flexible. That's the way God's church must be for revival. It's flexible. Well, brother Andrew, glory to God. I'm ready for the bride's revival. And you get mad and blow up because somebody got your parking spot. Well, I'm ready for the bride's revival. And you're mad because somebody didn't shake your hand. Well, brother Andrew, I'm ready for the bride's revival. And brother Tim ain't called me in six weeks. And he ain't called my name behind the pulpit in two years. And you're ready for the bride's revival. That is no condition to carry the most power. I'm on church. You, you, you know what kind of people you got to be? You got to people that be that can take a licking and keep right on ticking. They can take your parking spot. They can take your favorite seat. They cannot call your name for two years. They can forget you even attend the church. But you'll say, I'm not here because Brother Tim called my name. I'm not here because I got a good parking spot. I'm here because before the foundation of the world, he put my name on the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on, church. You mean to tell me that somebody taking your seat is going to cause you to turn around? We need some rugged warriors. We need some believers that'll stand up and say, I'll fight the good fight of faith if I got to fight in the parking lot, if I got to fight it by myself. I am not a weak Christian. I am a rugged Christian. I can take a licking. You can offend me and I'll keep on going. You can hurt my feelings and I'll keep brother Tim. You can ignore me for two whole years and I'll still pray the Holy Ghost will anoint you to whip every devil this side of Mississippi. Come on church. I'm not talking about a bunch of people that's just following some word. I'm talking about true word, true experienced Christians that no matter what conditions you put them under, they're going to worship God. They're going to praise God. They're going to bless his name. They're going to lift the rafters off the house and let a lost and dying world know there's a people here who knows him in the power of his resurrection regardless of what we're going through, regardless of who hurt our feelings. We know who we are. Come on, church. Well, brother Andrew, ain't nobody hurt my feelings. We'll stick around a few days and they'll get hurt. We're humans. But I'm asking you, are you in a position not with God to say, God, I'm here for the fight? I'm here to fight. I'm here to push through. Yes, sir. You've got to be flexible. Brother Andrew, surely, surely a a, a church experience is good enough. No, sir. Because the prophet of God said that the rich young ruler had a good church experience. He said, but the problem was he lacked a personal experience with Jesus Christ. He said his mother, mother was a good mother. His father was a good father. And he knew the Bible real well. But he lacked something that was able to hold him. You realize what the prophet says? He says, see, it must be a supernatural experience. Amen. Can I, can I preach a little bit? What does Paul say? He said that I may know him. Somebody shout, know him. No shout it like you're a true experienced believer. I may know him. 
I may know him and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto death. So Paul here is saying, I'm not just an experienced Christian that knows him in the power of his resurrection, but let me know him in the power of his sufferings. I love this word know. It means to perceive. It means to understand. This is what gets me to the Greeks. It means to know facts, but those facts may or may not affect one's conduct. But to the Jews, I love this, to the Jews, true knowledge always manifested itself in one's conduct. One did not know something until that fact had a practical outworking in his life. So in other words, it had to make an 18 inch trip from his head to his heart. The Greeks could know it in their head and it never affect their conduct. But to the Jews, when they really knew what they were talking about, it had changed more than the way they think. It had changed more than the way they thought. It had changed the way they conducted themselves. In other words, you could put them in a trial and they would still conduct themselves with joy amidst that trial. You could put them on a partly cloudy, sunny day. Now, that's, well, I might as well preach. I'm here. Joe asked me the day at camp. He said, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? I said, well, it's going to be partly cloudy, partly cloudy and sunny. It's going to be cloudy and sunny. He said, how can it be cloudy and sunny at the same time? I said, I mean, it's going to be partly cloudy and sunny at the same time. Listen, friends, you've got to quit serving God based on the conditions that's around you or you'll never have any victory. You've got to serve God regardless. Well, brother, and as long as my best friend's here and they can shout, I'll serve God. Listen, you've got to be able to serve God if your best friend walks away from the message. You'll still be standing. You've got to be able to serve God if the clouds are in the sky or if the sun is shining. God is looking for somebody who will come under his word and receive a true experience. Let me say it like this. He does not want this message to just work on tape. He does not want it just to work on pictures. He wants this message to find a channel to have a practical outworking in your life. That's why Paul would say the word of God which we received was not of men but it was of the truth. Amen. Which effectually worketh in you that believe. He said see the brother him talked like this. He said there was no Indian one time. He said the Indian had two dogs. He said which one do you feed the most? He said whichever one I feed the most is the one that wins chief. He said depend on that. He said see but if you listen to the certain sound. He said, God's word working in your heart. You'll conquer this one. He says, you won't feed that black dog. You'll feed the white dog. He said, and the certain sound will produce God working out of your heart. Can I read you another one? In this Sodom age, what happened to Abraham would return back again to Abraham's royal seed, which is in Christ, and Christ returning in the form of the word, working in human beings, and showing the signs that he promised it would sign, it would do. Listen, friends, you are the channel that God has ordained for his word to return to in the most evil conditions of seven ages and that same word have the same effect and power today that it had the day it was wrote. Now, Brother Andrew, I've had an experience. Well, let's ask Moses what kind he had. He said Moses was a God-called man, a prophet. He said he had to have a supernatural experience. So no man has a right to call himself us until he's talked face-to-face with God on the backside of a desert somewhere where he met God himself. Are you ready for this? And all the atheists in the world could not explain it away from him. From him, he was there. He knew it happened. All the atheists in the world could not explain 
explaining away. Listen, in other words, Moses could be standing at the burning bush and he see the thing on fire. He would see it on fire and not consumed and leave the burning bush for the ale and run into one atheist. And that atheist couldn't talk him out of it. He could run into another atheist and that atheist couldn't talk. Now, now come on friends, because do you realize we're living in a world where there's still atheists? You say all the atheists in the world, according to sociologist study, uh, I don't know these guys names, but a review of, of numerous global studies on atheism, there are 450 to 500 million positive atheists and agnostics worldwide. 450 to 500 million positive agnostics and atheists in the world. 7% of the world's population with China having the most atheists in the world at 200 million. Amen. Convinced atheists. Brother, Brother Timothy, something strikes me there. There's 7% that are positive and there's 200 million that are convinced. Amen. The, 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 those two words. Where have I heard those two words before? Oh, that's right. Amen. A positive experience. Amen. A positive gospel. A positive faith will produce the convinced son of God that'll be concerned. What are you saying, Brother Andrew? I'm saying this. If you get a true word experience in your heart, you can meet all 450 to 500 million. You can meet all 200 million. You can meet 7% of the world's population and they can tell you God don't do that and God don't do that no more. But you would stand there and you would draw your sword and you would fight through every one of them because what you received put a confidence in you. It released a faith in you to persevere towards a goal. Oh, friends, tonight, what, what, what I'm trying to get at is this. Amen. That God knew you before the foundation of the world. Therefore, he sent you a true word that would be accompanied by a true experience that would lead you beyond the curses of your family. It would lead you beyond the situations of your childhood. It would bring you beyond a hope so into a no so. Amen. Let me say this. This true experience will take you beyond any shadow of a doubt of missing the rapture. It'll take you beyond any shadow of a doubt that God don't do what his word says he does anymore. If it's written in his words, your heart agrees with it, then heaven cannot back you off of it. Sickness cannot back you off of it. Amen. Because the fruit of this supernatural experience is a possessor who can say, I know, I know. A true possessor can say, I know, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know Messiah's coming. Amen. I know that he who touched my eyes, amen, has healed me. Whereas I once was blind, now I see. I know. And those who don't know nothing about it are the ones that's going to give you the biggest fight. Those that don't believe God does that are the ones that's going to give you the biggest fight. But can I give you something to fight with? Can I give you something to fight with? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. If God done something for you this weekend, draw that testimony and beat that devil to a pulp and let him know I'm not the same person I was when I went to camp. I'm not the same young girl. I'm not the same young man. Those demons of fear, those demons of anxiety, those demons of complexes, they've got to go they've got to go listen friends I believe this is the hour when God has delivered his church by a true word through a true experience amen can I testify to you for a minute can I talk to you for a second the other day up in the youth camp there in Cloverdale at the end of one of the services the spirit of the Lord just moved across me and I said I rebuke that inferiority complex I cause that thing to leave by the word of almighty God there was a young man come to me after service he said brother Andrew he said for the past few months he said I'm a husband I'm a father he said but for 
the past few months, I've been becoming a recluse. He said, I've been pulling away from fellowship. I've been pulling away. He said, when I get around other believers, he said, I don't feel like I've got anything to add to the conversation. He said, I've been in a mind battle. He said, and I've been wondering what it is. He said, but God sent you all the way up here to call out what it is. He said, can you tell me what an inferior complex is? I said, it's a complex that's put up on you by a devil that makes you feel inferior to somebody else. And I said, we're not inferior to nobody. We ever once stand level at the cross of Jesus Christ. He said, when you said that, the chain of that inferiority complex broke off of my life. He said, all I needed was to be exposed. I'm on friends. We're living in the hour when the very minute the devil is exposed, he has lost his hold on you. The very minute the word says exposes that devil, he's got to relinquish every life. Come on, church. You've been letting the devil hold you back for years. Let me say this. The devil is defeated because the word has exposed that devil. Amen. Then let me say this. Whatever God has done for you, don't you back off of it. Don't you turn around on it. Amen. You go light the world on fire with an experience of God. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're a city that sets on a hill. Amen. That the hill cannot hide. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bushel. Amen. But on a candlestick and it giveth light to all that are in the house. You know what that word candle means? It's something that is placed on a stick or a candlestick. Amen. It is a lamp or, or like an eye which shows the body which way to move. Amen. In turn, it is the prophecies of the Old Testament in so much as they afforded at least some knowledge relevant to the glorious return of Jesus from heaven. Oh God, I could preach here for an hour. It is the Old Testament prophecies as they afforded at least to some knowledge relevant to the glorious return of Jesus from heaven. Then Jesus turns and says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think it not strange, church, that God would set you on fire right before he returns. Think it not strange that right before he returns, he would do something in your life that would lift you up above your peers. It would lift you up above education. It would lift you up above religion and let a lost and dying world know that there's somebody on the earth who the church cannot stop, who the fellowship of the devil cannot hinder them because the Holy Spirit has made demonstration and is making the word a reality in their lives. Now, I want, I want to drive a few things home, and I'm going to close. Brother Bram's asked a question. Do you believe that science should follow all who have the Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus said so in Mark 16. If so, what about the people who believe the message with all that's in them, yet they have not these signs? Are they unbelievers, or do they need the Holy Spirit? If so, please instruct us today on how to receive the Holy Ghost. We believe you're God's mouthpiece for our day. He said, see, thank you, my dear brother. You cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without having an experience when it happens. If you believe every speck of the word, you say you believe then the word is laying in there waiting for the Holy Spirit to put it to work. But it's like lighting the candle. Here's the candle with the wick in it and with all the tallow and everything it has to have in the candle but until the fire comes on it it will not shine any light. You can have a house full of candles but if you don't have no fire, amen, they'll just be candles. You can be in darkness. You can be surrounded by darkness. Come 
Come on, church. And if you don't have some fire to set that candle on fire, it'll just be a candle. No matter how perfect the candle is, how perfect it'll burn, it's got to be lit and then it burns. And when you believe and are made up of the instructions of what the Holy Spirit is, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, amen, the fruits it bears out, he says, until the Holy Spirit with a fiery experience comes down and lights that candle, then you haven't received the Holy Ghost. Let me say this, fire puts the candle in use and without the fire, the candle gives no light and without the fire, the candle gives no fragrance. Amen, the fire is what reveals the potentials of the candle. Oh, glory to God. No wonder the devil don't want you to meet the pillar of fire. No wonder the devil don't want you to receive a fiery baptism of the Holy Ghost because when that fire strikes your life, it is going to release every potential that is on the inside of you. Well, let me tell you what kind of potentials are in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got the potentials to overcome. You've got the potentials to tear down. You've got the potentials to cross over every bridge the devil puts in. Come on, church. You've got the potentials. I say tonight what we ought to do is we ought to welcome the fire of God into the church to set the candles on fire, to set the young people on fire, to set the preachers on fire, to set the singers on fire. Let the Holy Ghost experience set the church on fire until the fire reveals the potentials that's laying in you. Come on, church. That's why the devil wants you to remain cold because the coldness will not reveal the potentials. That's why the devil wants you to remain indifferent is because the indifference will not reveal the potential. That's why the devil wants you to be bound up by complexes is because the complex will never release the potential that God has put in you. But if the fire ever touches you, if the fire ever touches your life, if the fire ever comes upon your heart, if the fire ever comes upon your family, if the fire ever comes upon your ministry, glory to God, it'll release the potentials of God oh somebody let the fire of God come in the church let the fire of God set the pews let the fire of God set every elder on fire if the fire comes in the church the fire will reveal the potentials are you hearing me the fire will reveal the potentials you realize what else the fire will do the fire will reveal the hidden power the fire will release what's been laying there. I'm on, you ever heard that saying, get somebody in the clutch and then you'll see how they really are. Get somebody in a tots, tots, but I heard it said like this one time. Amen. Have a whole carload full of friends. Amen. They'll all call you their friend. Amen. Run out of gas, Brother Philip, and see who helps you push. That'll be your real friend. Whoever ride with you as long as the credit card's flowing and the, and the tank is full and you're running all across town, oh, they'll be friends, but see who'll help you push. Are you hearing me? You know what happened to John? He got into a tight spot. Brother Bram said he was put on the Isle of Patmos and they put him in Greece to bullet. He said what they were trying to do was they was trying to bull the testimony of Jesus Christ out of his life. He said, but what did that burn in Greece do? It only released the hidden power on the inside of him. Come on, Hebrew church. Children, let them throw you in the fiery furnace. Oh God, I'm catching a second wind. Time to quit. Let them throw you in the fiery furnace. You know what's going to happen? They're going to put you in a furnace that's heated seven times hotter. Isn't this strange thing? Amen. Seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. Seven. seven. We're, oh, that's right. Lay out a sin church age. Amen. Seventh age where there's more darkness than there's ever been. There's more pressure than there's ever been. There's more, there's more enticements. There's more internet websites. There's all kinds of things to pull you. Amen. Back from your confession. Pull you back from your testimony. And God would put them in the fiery furnace in the darkest hour oh yes he would but here's what I love about the story amen is the fire didn't end the story the fire made the story 
Are you hearing me? The fire did not end the story. The fire is what made the story. And whatever you're going through tonight, let me speak to you by the word. The fire is not the end of your story. The fire is only making your story. It's only producing a testimony, a true experience, because they were following a true word prophet. Glory to God, hallelujah. And then threw him in a fiery furnace. Do you realize how hot that thing was? Do you realize how hot it was? The Bible says the man brother the that took him up there and threw him in the fire. He fell over dead. He fell over dead. And the king sent a runner up there to see what happened. And the runner comes back and says, sir, I got up there and the three men are in there. But there's something I got to tell you. He said, what's that? He said, the one you sent up there is dead. He said, well, that don't matter. Just tell me what condition they're in on Wednesday night after youth camp. Just, just tell me. Just tell me what kind of condition. Tell me, tell me what kind of week they've had. Tell me what kind of week. Tell me what's happened since you've had. Amen. Tell me what. I know they shouted when they was in my pit. I know they shouted before the fire. I know they danced before the fire. I know they confessed before the fire. But I want to know what's happened since they've been in the fire. Well, King, all I got to say is those three men are still alive. He said, well, are they tied up? He said, oh, no, their hands are free. He said, their feet are free. What else? is going on king he said the fourth man is in the fire we only put three in then who's the fourth man he said all I can say is it is one who is like unto the son of God well come on church what was he in there doing the fourth man didn't show up just to be there brother Bram said they were fellowshipping about their future in the fire oh God I can imagine old Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were shining around the fire and all of a sudden brother Joel that fourth man looked at him and said your future is clear your future is clear you're in the fire right now but don't worry you're going to come out of the fire you're coming out of the fire let me tell you this evening friends you're going to come out of the fire whatever you're in if you're following a true word with a true experience it'll bring you out of the fire it'll bring you out of the hospital bed it'll bring you out of the lion's den wherever you put this word the word will release the believer Brother Darrell, the fire won't shut us up. Persecution won't shut us up. Devils won't shut us up. Sickness won't shut us up. Problems won't shut us up because we've received an impression by the Spirit. Now, i got to close here. I'll preach all night. An impression by the Spirit. You say an impression. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm talking about a heavenly impression. Let me ask you this, Brother L. There were 70 men and only 12 of them stayed. 70 followers. Amen. 70 young people went to youth camp. Come on now. Amen. Amen. For years, young people's gone, and there's only a few still here. Can I tell you the answer? Can I tell you the answer? Amen. Because some of them stayed long enough to get sealed. Some of them got sealed. Are you hearing me, church? Some of them got sealed. Brother said like this. He said there was the 70. Brother Joe, and they turned and walked away. Brother Tim, can you imagine? They've been following him all these years, and now 70 turns and walks away, and there's only 12 left standing there. Brother L's here. Here's what I love. Here's what I love. And the one he looks at was the one full of mistakes. The one he asked the question was the one who made all the mistakes and all, all the blunders and all the failures. The one who cut a man's ear off. The one who was a cussing preacher. The one who was out on the water fishing naked when Jesus 
Jesus come by. Amen. He asked Peter, of all people, of all people they figured would be the first one to leave. Of all people they figured was just worked up under the influence of youth camp. Of all people. And they looked at Peter and they said, Peter, whom do you, will you go also? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? He said, thou art the son of the living Christ. He said like this, and we believe and are sure. Brother Bram said what happened was a revelation had come out of heaven into Peter's soul. He said, and Peter had become impressed by a heavenly revelation. There was no turning him around now. But I want to close by saying this. If you couldn't turn Peter around, you can't turn Andrew around. If you couldn't turn Peter around, you won't turn Joseph around. If you couldn't turn Peter around, you won't turn William around. If you couldn't turn Peter around, you won't turn the bride around. Come on, church. We're not being held by our own selves. We're being held by a heavenly revelation. We're being held by a true experience with a true word. Let me ask you this. Is your impression that you've been sealed with strong enough to keep you? I close with this. Brother Bram said there was five boys who laid down in their beds. He said every night there was a picture hung up on the wall of a ship sailing across the calm seas. He said them five boys every night laid down and looked at that. He said first one got old enough, they went in the Navy. Second one got old enough, they went in the Navy. Third one got old enough, they went in the Navy. Fourth one got old enough, they went in the Navy. He said, Brother Bam said they went into an investigation to see what them boys, what caused them boys to go in the Navy. What, 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 what caused this? Because there was no overcomers. I mean, there was no Navy men in their family. What, what caused them to believe? Because their parents didn't believe. I mean, there was no, their parents wasn't in the military. Are you hearing me? What, what caused this? We want to know what caused this. And they come in and did an investigation, Brother Jay, in their bedroom. And they decided that them boys falling asleep every night looking at that picture. They said for 18 years, that picture had put an impression in them to grow up and join the Navy. Let me ask you this and I'm done. Can I tell you how strong that impression was? That impression was so strong that when they went to boot camp and they shaved their head, they stayed in it. When they went to the, when they went to their first, when they went to their first physical training day, they stayed with it. That impression was so strong, it was able to carry them through every stage of their journey. Whatever come out of that picture and come into them, sealed them in the fact we're going all the way. May I say this tonight, friends? This message has released a seal of the Holy Ghost upon the church, and it's strong enough. It'll get us through sickness. It'll get us through Laodicea. It'll get us through temptation. It'll get us through letdowns. It'll get us through disappointments. It'll get us through difficult days. This is not your experience of a church. It's a true word experience. And our musicians come tonight. This experience will hold you. Are you hearing me? It'll hold you. When the time gets hard, it'll hold you. When the devil tries to get you to give in, it'll hold you. It's a true experience by the word. It'll hold you. It'll hold you. Brother Andrew, I'm holding on. No, it's holding you. Brother Andrew, I'm, I'm barely hanging in there. No, he hung in there for you. Are you hearing me tonight? Make sure 
you got a true experience. Make sure you got something that will hold you. Like Brother Branham. When he had been preaching, Brother Branham said, it amazed me when you hear that, Brother Aaron. He goes through there and lists all the things he'd been doing. He said, I've been preaching. I've been praying. I've been working day and night. He said, I've been standing in the prayer lines and praying until I about fell over. He said, I went down there and saw my wife and my baby in that condition. And he said, the devil come to me and reminded me of everything I did. Let me just say this. Your works ain't strong enough to hold you. He said, the devil come and whispered in my ear. You really going to believe him now? And begin to, lift up, begin to list off all the things he'd been doing for him. All the hours in the prayer lines and all the meetings and all the sacrifices. He said, I was listening to him. And he said, what he was saying was the truth. What he was saying. And he said, I was just about to the point. He said, I was just about to point to say, that's right, devil. I guess he don't love me. He said that he swept down. Oh, Glory to God. He swept down. And he said, though you slay me, yet I will trust you. He said that he spoke. Come on, friends. His own abilities couldn't hold him, but an experience with the true word could hold him in the darkest hour of his life. And out of that trial comes some of the greatest blessings. Ran into his friend afterwards and said, oh, Billy. said, man, I want to tell you something. said, that religion you got? said, man, you held on to it. He said, no, sir. It held me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, it held me. Oh, Billy, that religion you got, it held you, didn't it? No, sir, it held me. And out of that come a testimony. Brother Philip, when he laid there and looked at his baby's eyes crossed. He said, ever since then, I couldn't see a cross-eyed child in a prayer line without entering into compassion, but what was instantly healed. Are you hearing me tonight? Make sure. Make sure what you got has sealed you. Make sure it's sealed you. Make sure it's come into you. And the word is effectually working out of your life. Brother Andrew, is this seal temporary? No, sir. It's eternal. Will this, will this seal hold till Easter camp? No, it'll hold to the day of the rapture. Come on, young people. It's going to be your first camp in three years. And you're stronger now than you were three years ago. Everything you've been through, Brother Derek, and you're stronger today than you were three years ago. Something. Something is holding us. Let me tell you this tonight. If you don't have this something that we're talking about, you better get it. You better get it tonight. It's the only thing that's going to get you out of Laodicea and put you in the resurrection. Won't you bow your hearts with us tonight? Won't you bow your heads with us this evening? Friends, as I I look across this congregation tonight, I see many people. I see warriors here tonight. 
believers, real, real heroes of the faith. That you, you would know as well as anybody that the only reason why you're standing here tonight, the only reason that you're still standing, because it was not you holding yourself. It was Christ holding you by a true word, by a true experience. It's been more than a church experience. It's been more than a camp meeting experience. May I say it like this to you tonight? As I look across this congregation, I see the evidence. I see the evidence of youth camps. I see the evidence of special meetings. I see people in the house of God on a Wednesday night. Sure, we're going through hard times. But what we got there has brought us here. And every service and every day it's getting stronger. And it's taking us one step closer home. Tonight is every head bowed, every eye closed. If there would be one here tonight that you've been around the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost has been around you. Maybe it's, maybe it's even been on you. But it's never come in you and sealed you. Maybe, maybe you've never received that seal. I implore you tonight by the word. Receive the Holy Ghost. It's the only experience that will keep you in this day and time. Be one here tonight and say, Lord, I've, I've received that seal. But tonight, God, I want a refilling. I want a refilling tonight. God bless you. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of that perfect assurance. I want more of that perfect confidence. Lord, I want more of that settling faith. I want more of that impression by the heavenly revelation. God bless you. As we pray tonight, you just ask him. You just ask him. He'll come to you. He'll give it to you. God bless you, sis. God bless you. If you want to come to the altar as well, you're welcome to. It's open if you want to kneel down there. He's here tonight. We're living in the closing hours of the world's history. We're living in the time where people that people that we've looked up to have walked away. I implore you tonight by the word, look away to Jesus. I implore you tonight to look away from your mistakes, Peter. Look away from your faults and your failures. Look to your atonement tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. He's here tonight. He's here tonight. Maybe you're not acquainted with him. Maybe you're not acquainted with him like you should. Maybe you don't know him really in the power of his resurrection like you should know him. He's here tonight. He wants to meet with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He's here tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, all across this building tonight is believers, Lord. Believers of like precious faith. Lord, real Holy Ghost filled believers. 
But Lord, we're not believers without opposition. Father, we're not believers without difficult times and difficult days. Lord, we've come out of a youth camp and Lord, we were lifted into heavenly places, Lord. Father, how you took us into a realm of your presence, oh God. Lord, it was like any moment our bodies were going to be changed. and Lord, we were able to be lifted up above all the fears and all the tormenting spirits and to be able to confess your word. But Lord, as I stand here tonight, Father, I'm preaching the fruits. Lord, I'm preaching the fruits of those moments, Lord. Father, I know since they left and come home, they've already been facing devils and facing struggles. And Lord, maybe some of them returned back to college or school this week. And they've already begun to face the pressures and face the temptations again. But tonight, dear God, they've not bowed their knee. They've not given in, Lord. Lord, there's nothing the devil's done this week that's been enough to cause them to begin to recant on their testimony and say, well, I guess I didn't get nothing. I I guess I didn't receive nothing. But Lord, as I stepped in this building tonight, Lord, the atmosphere was charged with your presence. Lord, as the Son of God began to sing his eyes on the sparrow, and I know that he's watching me, Lord. Fathers, I begin to see people break out in the spirit, oh God, and begin to shout and rejoice, Father. Lord, I know that's more than an emotion, Lord. I know that's more than a feeling or a sensation, as our critics would like to call it. Lord, that shout is coming from a revelation, Lord. That dance is coming from a revelation. Lord, they've been through hell this week. They've been through tormenting times. But they stand here tonight to testify and let the devil know you was on my trail. But the Lord that was watching the sparrow was watching over me. And I've found my place in the house of God tonight. I'm not defeated. The temptations has not overtaken me. The pressures have not overrun me. I am a believer. I am a son and daughter of God. Now, Father, I invite you tonight, Lord, to come into this meeting by your presence, Lord. Father, for these that are around the altar tonight, we're going to pray with them, Lord. But, Father, I'm asking you from the pulpit to the back door all across this building, Lord. Father, we've seen so many scattered testimonies. We've seen so many wishy-washy Christians, oh God. The prophet of God said, what's hurting the church is not the bootleg joint. It's not the, it's not the, the, the party places. It's these scattered testimonies, Lord. But tonight, God, I believe you're birthing a generation that's going to produce more than scattered testimonies. They're going to produce strong testimonies. They're going to produce testimonies that overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Father, I invite you to come right now, Lord, to every heart, Lord. If there would be one here tonight, dear God, that has only received a touch of the Holy Ghost on their flesh or maybe enough in their spirit, oh God, but it's not been sealed, Lord, in their soul. I pray tonight, God, that this would be the night, Lord, that you would you would come down personally in that heart and that life, oh God. Lord, you would change that nature. You would change those habits. You would change that attitude. You would change that direction, oh God. You would change it by your presence tonight, Lord. And may you seal yourself in and seal the world out, oh God. And for those tonight, Lord, that have received it, Father, we're asking for a refilling tonight, God. We're asking for a refreshing, a renewing, oh God. A reviving of our spirits, a reviving of our praise, oh God. We're looking to you tonight, Lord. We want more than just a camp experience. We want more than just to be Sunday morning Christians. We want to be hailed, Father, like Peter was that day, Lord. We want to be standing here, oh God. If our friends walk away, if our loved ones turn away, if our favorite preacher leaves, we'll be standing right here saying, Lord, to 
whom shall we go? Lord, as I heard your prophet say today, Peter did not say, where shall we go? He said, to whom shall we go, Lord? It was not about a place, Father. It was about a person, and the person was Christ. He knew if I leave this person, there'll be no place I can find peace. There'll be no place I can find lasting achievement. There'll be no place I can find translation power. There'll be no place I can find faith. There'll be no place I can find healing. I must stay in the homeland of the church, which is the message of the hour, the things that a prophet is told. If I want to find the blessings of God, I must stay where they are, Lord. Oh, Father, baptize every believer here tonight with that same faith of Peter, Lord, that'll stand there and say, Father, we have nowhere else to go. This message alone has rapturing faith. This message alone has third pull power. This message alone has the power to change our bodies in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye. We're anchored to it, Lord. It's anchored in us. Oh, minister to your children tonight, I pray. Something, something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me. Oh, hallelujah. You just close your eyes and raise your hands right now. Just let him come in right now and minister to you. Just let him come in and minister to you right now.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you just lift your hands to him and just praise him. Just praise him. He saved me, I'll praise him. He filled me, I'll praise him. He healed me, I'll praise him. He delivered me, I'll praise him. Hallelujah, he called me by name, I'll praise him. He wrote my name down, I'll praise him. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, there ought to be somebody that can praise him tonight. above every name. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy.